The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Pirate fans, welcome to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Brought to you by U.S. Cellular. Be sure to visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's Platinum Certified U.S. Cellular stores and experience the highest standard of customer service. Call in on the live line at 317-1250. Now, with a complete recap of the game and your phone calls, live from the Pirate Radio Studios, here's your host of the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter, Clip Brock. Pirates in the victory formation, running it out. And are getting a win. Mike Houston celebrating. As he should. A win is a win. This was an ugly one. And almost one you felt like you don't deserve. But you did. You made the plays when it counted at the end. You got a stop when you needed it. And the Pirates outlast Temple today. 49-46 to to move to 7-5 on the year weave. Yeah, kudos to Holt Nailers on that last touchdown pass. I was screaming to run it. Uh, and then when he threw across his body, I thought, there's no way. this That is a bad throw to a wide-open Isaiah Winstead, though that was Jalen Johnson. Oh, was Jalen Johnson? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, play of the game, and, and Holton's got the ball, and he's not letting that one go. Weird, Last regular season win. Weird plays throughout. You had the fumble pass to Keaton Mitchell for a touchdown that yeah. across the body, hook shots. Uh, Pirates get it done 49 to 46. Brian Bailey is shaking hands with EJ Warner. Yeah, just patted him <laughs> on the shoulder. You're not on the team. Uh, good, he thought it was Igo. Game, he game, thought kid. it was Igo. He said, Way to go, Igo. Oh. That is hilarious. <laughs> hey, have you ever you, ever, you see the the um the movie Elf, right? When uh, Will Ferrell goes up to the Santa Claus that's walking in in New York City, and he's like, Santa. (laughs) (laughs) He's probably like, I go. I got to take a picture of that. Bailey's probably going, uh, you're going to be the Dallas Cowboys quarterback coming here in a few years. Hey, good job, son. That kind of deal. That kind of deal. All right, let's take a break. Uh, Jerome, Kenny, Matthew, hang on. We'll get to your calls on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio Scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, let's go over some finals from earlier today. The big upset, number 8, Clemson Falls uh, to South Carolina by a final of 31-30. West Virginia outlasted Oklahoma State in Stillwater. 24-19 was that final. Old Dominion loses to South Alabama 27-20. New Mexico State beats up on Liberty 49-14. It was Michigan over Ohio State 45-23. Georgia uh, defeated Georgia Tech 37-14. It was Marshall over Georgia State 28-23. Coastal Carolina got drubbed by James Madison. 47-7 was that final. And Army picks up a win and moves to 5-6 as they defeated UMass 44-7. That's a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by the Buck. It is your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates. And they're open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night. And you can follow the Buck on Instagram for updated schedules. And we'll see you at the Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All righty, back with you. And welcome into the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Call-In Show. If you had Keaton Mitchell and E.J. Warner in your college fantasy leagues, you uh, did well today. Those guys 
went off. We'll talk about those numbers on the UBE stat sheet as we go along in our program. Clip Rock, Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, Billy Weaver here on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. <clears throat> and we got the lines loaded up and where you can find us on Facebook, YouTube as well. And uh, we have a hearty discussion going on there. Uh, Rod, Jerome, Kenny, hang on. We start with Matthew in Greenville. Hello, Matthew. Ooh, clip. Billy. Oh, my. What a game. What a game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my. I was, I'll admit, I was scared. Yeah, there was a lot of reasons to be scared today. He's, wow. He's really good. But I was proud of our defense. We got the pick. We got the stops when we needed to. Got to get better on, I don't know what they are. The middle of the field is always open. You must be listening to this show a lot. We've been saying that all, all year. I mean, we got we got <laughs> fix that before the bowl game. Keaton's insane. Ayler's that throw. Oh my gosh. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was scared to death. But and then the field goal, we got to get that better. <laughs> that but, ship might have sailed by now. <laughs> uh, anyway, Dad, be quiet. Anyway. <laughs> hey, Dad, be quiet. Dad, I'm on the air here. Be quiet. It's my time to shine. Um. I mean. I'm just being honest. I don't know how many people are going to show up to that bowl game after these last two performances. I want to go. I don't know. Well, I can tell you there wouldn't have been a whole lot of people that would show up for a bowl game for a 6-6 six and six, six and six team going in on uh, three straight losses. So this one was big uh, to kind of get some momentum going into the bowl. Yeah. Um, oof. I'm, I'm just counting my blessings right now. Count them. Oof. All right, Matthew. Hey, they got to win. That's what matters, right? Hey, see you guys. All right, all right, Matthew. Thanks, Grateful. Matthew. Good call. Kicking us off today. There you go. Be quiet, Dad. Buy me a bowl ticket, Dad. <laughs> I'm going to my room, Dad. <laughs> all right, Kenny is up in Blunt's Creek. What's up, Kenny? Hey, Clip Billy. Uh, whoo! I pulled that one out. A uh, great game from Keaton. Uh, awesome game there from Holton there at the end with the uh, great uh, pass. Uh, glad we pulled it out and glad we ain't got to watch any more of that defense today because that was terrible i mean uh my god man what has happened to the defense the last two games i, I can't tell you but hey seven and five uh got to figure out if we can get uh uh steven igloo's uh twin there to come transfer to east carolina maybe that kid was lighting us up over 500 yards passing today wow well, so, uh, Bailey was working on that after the game. He was sliding him a little uh, NIL cash under the table. Man, that kid was, I mean, he was spot <laughs> on. Uh, you know, our defensive backs helped him out a lot, but I mean, he made the throws. But, look, team pulled it out. We got, like the, the caller before, we, we got the pick early. We had the kickoff return for a uh, touchdown. And, you know, that was a bright spot we hadn't seen in a while. You know, not so special teams this year hadn't helped us out, but. Seven and five going bowling. I don't know exactly where we'll end up at. Uh, hopefully Myrtle Beach. Maybe we can get some a crowd down there and uh, uh, just go Pirates. And uh, thank God we don't have to watch that defense until bowl game. Get it better. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Kenny. I don't hey, know. And, and Ken, I'm sorry, Kenny. Uh, speaking of getting better, hopefully you're better. Uh, I know a lot of people are asking about Kenny. Kenny Curling's wasn't at uh, the tailgate last home game because you were under the weather. How you feeling? Yeah, man, I'm doing a lot better, Dad. I'm going to tell you, I don't know if it was the flu, the crud, COVID again for the whatever they call it now, but uh, it's pretty bad. But uh, I guess I picked the right game to miss that week. So, so 
uh, maybe we won't have to see that no more. But uh, you guys have a great show, and uh, we'll, we'll listen to all your comments. All right, thank you, uh, Kenny, and and the, I just I guess the team overall. I just don't know what happened to this team. Oh, I don't know. It's like a different team than we well, saw earlier this year. It, it, but think about it. Is it? it? Yeah. Because now, listen. This defense hasn't been really doing a whole lot different one than what it's been doing all year. They've been able to stop the run. These last two weeks. Have oh, been but, but hold way on. Just, just let me let me let me explain it here. So they've been they've still they're still stopping the run. At times they're getting opportune picks. They're getting you know turnovers at, at good times. Where have they had a problem? Third and longs and over the middle. The last two offensive coordinators have taken advantage of that, and they have gone in with a game plan that said we're going to continue to do this until you stop us. And look, Kurt Warner's son throws for 527 yards, and most of those yards, I'd love to go back and look at the film and find out how many of those yards were over the middle. Yeah, The bulk of those were over the middle. And he had a good game, but let's face it, he was throwing to wide-open guys all day. Like Any D1 quarterback could do what he did today if they faced that defense yeah so i mean i i just don't think the defense has really done anything a whole lot different over the last couple games i just think the the offensive coordinators on the other side of the ball have seen it they've said you know what we're going to take advantage of this and we're going to go we're going to we're going to take what this defense is giving everybody all year and we're going to exploit it and they've done it all right 317-1250 uh jerome is up in greenville hey jerome What's up, guys? Piggybacking off what you just said, fellas, we don't make any adjustment. Our corners nope. play 8 to 10 yards off the ball. Safeties are 12 yards off the ball. And we just give up anything underneath. Like you said, any quarterback can complete that. I don't understand why we don't make any de- defensive adjustments at all. It's the same thing week after week after week. It's almost like they're afraid to get beat deep, and I understand that because if you get beat deep, it's a touchdown. If you get beat underneath, then they methodically move down the field. And East Carolina all year has been very good defensively in the red zone. They had a couple, you know, decent stops in the red zone early tonight that were, you know, that held Temple to field goals. And I, I think it's when they shorten up the field, they feel more comfortable there, and they would much rather give up those. Um, those passes over the middle and underneath and and let a team methodically move down the field rather than get beat deep. I don't know if that's a good way to look at it, but I said this last week that the defense just didn't make any adjustments. I didn't see many adjustments made today either. They've just got their way of playing and and you know it, it's going to take an offensive effort like East Carolina had today to win a bowl game if they're going to continue to play like this defensively. Amen. You guys have a good night. Thank All you. right. See you, Jerome. Uh, let's go next to Wilmington and talk to Rod, who was on the Pit Electric Live line. Hello, Rod. Hey, fellas. How you doing tonight? Uh, boy, we got lucky on this one. Uh, you know, offense sputtered the first couple of uh, possessions, but then Keaton lit them off, boy, and they, they uh, he was the he was the uh, main main guy all day and thank God for that you know and uh Hatfield with the big big run back that was that was great and I think he made some some pretty long catches there in the game uh but that kid uh Warner uh he was like quick draw McGraw and I, I felt like we should have had more pressure on him all day he was he was hitting hitting across the middle short but uh you know if you let him in the third quarter when we let him have a you know have some more time he was he was uh, 
I mean, he's deadly accurate, and he can hit about anything that was open. So, to my way of thinking, getting the pressure on him, keeping him short, and figuring out how to eliminate that uh, that short those short routes uh, would have been a better uh, way to go. But uh, uh, late late in the third quarter, I think it was uh, five minutes in the third quarter when the defense made a stop and gave us a chance to get on top of it, and then. At the end, we got lucky there when, uh, you know, uh, well, we, we messed up in that next to the last possession when, when, uh, Holton, uh, decided to throw that pass instead of, uh, getting that first down with his feet and keeping us alive in that drive. And then, uh, it was looking bleak there. And then they, then they decided to punt. And thank God we had the offense and we, and the defense, um, came through there at the end. And, and we, we got us a win, and uh, just looking forward to that bowl now. All right. And I, you know, I think the, the play of the game was the decision by Temple after the timeout to punt rather than go forward on fourth and one. Because I, I truly think they could have gone – if they'd have gone forward on fourth and one and they picked it up, it's a totally different ball game. Yeah, that's, uh, we got we got real lucky. And then and thank God, you know, uh, the offense came back and capitalized on it. Mm-hmm. But it was looking dim when we got the ball back with three minutes and, you know, we were able to muster up the offense to punch it back in again. That was, uh, you're right, that was uh, that was a big, a big deal in the game. All right, Rod. Well, thanks for the call. We'll hear from you after the bowl game, man. All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we've as much as we weren't stopping them, they weren't stopping us. No. And if we are, if it's flipped and we're doing their post game show, every call is going to be about that decision. Oh, absolutely. That's uh, we were terrified of them going for it. We were like, yeah, they're going to go for it. They should go for it. And then they come out with the punter, and that that's it. It, it shocked me. Yeah. It really did when they came out with the punter, and then it made me think, well, maybe they were just lining up to see if East Carolina would jump off sides. Um, but as Chandler alluded to, they snapped the football before you know as they yeah. were calling the time as east carolina was calling the timeout the football was snapped so unless they were going to do a quick pooch kick which i have we you know we talked about that i hadn't seen that in forever uh they were going to go for it on fourth and one and and you know what i tell you what in any situation with any team especially when you put that many points on the board on on either side a third and one and a fourth and one situation two plays to get one yard i'm feeling pretty good about your chances so that was a huge swing. And then if they do indeed go for it there and pick up that fourth and one, then everybody's calling in saying that Mike Houston, you know, what's he doing calling that timeout? Crazy, blah, blah, blah. But it turned out in their favor. All right, 317-1250. Bryce and Kyle, hang on. We got a couple open lines. 317-1250 if you want to jump in. On the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, thanks to Parker's Barbecue for the awesome post-game food. I've already taken down some chicken wings a little q and some green beans parker's barbecue three locations in greenville to serve you they ship nationwide at parkersbbq.com more of your calls when we return on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show after this You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All righty, 317-1250 the number. We have a couple open lines if you want to jump in, 317-1250. 
The U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. We'll go down the UB stat sheet later on. I saw Billy looking at stats, shaking his head earlier. So he's got uh, some thoughts on that. Kyle, hang on. Let's go to Bryce in L.A. to start this segment. Hey, Bryce. Afternoon, Jets. Uh, glad we uh, were able to finally have a game where I wasn't on my way to like dinner or the bar uh, so I could call in. Uh, and, Cliff, I, just just so you know, I'm watching your face on the YouTube live stream. So any faces you make at me, you're going to be able to see. <laughs> All right. We'll see how your jokes go today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, well uh, you know, the, uh, well, the only joke out there with these huge defense. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. But I, I got to give hats off to, to good old uh, – Keegan Wilk out there playing with one arm. Um, I mean, he was just wincing every time, uh, and he was making some good plays. I see you, Billy. You're on a little delay. <laughs> 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 um, you know, that was uh, – you know, it's, it's a rough one to watch, but I'm glad, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, it, win, win ugly. You know, I'd, I'd rather, you know, win ugly than lose well, you know. Uh, and, um, you know, that, that – I, I, there's a lot to talk about today uh, that's already been covered, uh, but I think moving forward, um, I'm just going to beat this drum. We need. I see a lot of people, especially like when you guys do the uh, the Instagram polls about like where we want to go and stuff like that. Everybody's like, oh, I want to play a good opponent. I want you know. Well, every time that we played, you know, in Arkansas or Kentucky or you know all the you know like we go or Florida, you know, we we go out, we play a hell of a game, and then we lose, and. Right now, we need wins. I'd rather go to the Myrtle Beach Bowl and play, you know, Coppin State and uh, get that W. And, and next year, when all those ESPN announcers say, bowl winners, East Carolina. That sounds so much better than went to a bowl game, you know, seven and, and five again, seven, you know, six again, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, the perception really matters. And, you know, I, I mean, I work in the entertainment business. I work in entertainment. And it's what what is that headline that's on there? And if we're moving into this next um, uh, this, this next era of expansion, our new conference that we need to dominate, you know, if this is going to happen, who knows what's going to happen with us, super conferences or whatever, it's all. But if you just win, if you just do, uh, you, you throw together. I mean, we used to we used to whip UCF like they owed us money, and they put together a bunch of winning years. And look what happens to them, you know. Uh, so like this is it's 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 not harsh. You just get the wins, get the Ws, and I think we'll be all right. So sorry I don't have the many jokes. It just I I haven't been able to call in. And I see the stuff and, I, and I'm active and like look I am I'm waiting on our bowl game so I can fly into it from LA. Because that, that's where that's where my heart is, you know, as, as an ECU fan since 1993, you know. So like, you know, I want us to do that, and I think if we do something like a Myrtle Beach, or you know, I've heard Birmingham too, but you know, like if we go in there and we pack it out, get a nice W. Let's, uh, you know, let, let, let's, you know, all these bowl games are meaningless until you lose it. Then <laughs> then it just sucks. So anyhow, that, that that's my rant. I, I love you guys. It's been a heck of a interesting season, and uh, been a lot of fun watching it with y'all. All right, Bryce, uh, and, and I heard, and it, just the scuttlebutt, that uh, if ECU won today, it was looking like Fenway. So I don't know how true that is, but... I would be okay with that, but I, I agree with, with Bryce 100%. Eight and five sounds a whole heck of a lot better than seven and six. Uh, you know, for momentum going into the next year, like Bryce was saying, you know, the ESPN announcers, when they do a game next year, it sounds better that you're a bowl winner and, you know... Um, 
it, it just shows that the the program is moving forward. Unfortunately, they weren't able to play in a bowl game last year. So winning a bowl game, especially for these seniors, I mean, just it just has so much more impact to win a bowl game than not to. 317-1250, we go next to Kyle in LaGrange. What's up, Kyle? Come on, fellas. Look, hey, people can say it was an ugly win all they want. Uh, to me, any win is a pretty win. Um, but, boy, the defense was ugly. Um, came up with a stop when they had to, obviously, there at the end. Um, at times on defense, man, I don't know. At times on defense, I, the last two weeks, it looks like we're not giving 100% effort. I, I don't get it. Maybe I'm not looking at it right. I don't know if you guys are seeing the same thing. But there are times on defense where I'm not sure we're giving 100%. Uh, then all of a sudden on the last drive there, suddenly we play defense. But um proud of Holton uh, on that last drive. He had a nice senior moment, if you will, on the path of Jalen Johnson. That's something he'll remember the rest of his life in his last regular season game. You get the winning touchdown there on the last offensive possession. Um, you know, I, I, that really that game was kind of a microcosm of our season. Ups and downs, ups and downs. You thought it was, you thought there was no way we would lose it at one point, and then you thought there was no way we'd win it at the end, and then we finally did win it. It's kind of a good microcosm of how the damn season's gone, which has been up and down and all over the place. Um, proud of Keaton Mitchell. Proud of um, oh god, eighty-eight uh, Hatfield. Um, C.J. Johnson made some good plays. Winstead made some good plays. Everybody on offense stepped it up, and defense stepped it up when they had to, and. Good to be seven and five, guys. You, you don't want to go backwards. You didn't want to go three game losing streak, six and six into a bowl. So we're seven and five. I'm kind of with Bryce. Um, you know, I'm, I, I've heard the same things about Fenway. If we've won today, uh, we better make some improvements on defense if we're going to play Duke or Wake or Pitt or Syracuse, whoever the ACC puts in Boston. I, I kind of would rather go to Myrtle Beach and play App State or Georgia Southern or um, somebody along those lines. Um, not that there's, you know, no disrespect to after George Southern because they could whip us too. But Wade could we, score 100 on us the yeah, way they throw the ball. I don't want to play Wade. Please, please. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of Syracuse because I'm kind of feeling Syracuse if we go to Boston. Although, even though they play inside, you got to think of Andy Zim in the cold weather. Uh, but we'll, 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 we'll go wherever they send us. And um, preferably Myrtle Beach. I could actually go to that. Uh, but we'll see. Hey, do you guys mind if I plug a toy drive for the, for the Children's Hospital real fast? No, go ahead. Okay, uh, Hugs from Harrison is a fundraising group. Um, Harrison's a young man who lost his better with brain cancer about five years ago. Um, his aunt and a number of other people started this toy drive about four years ago called Hugs from Harrison. There are drop-off boxes all throughout eastern North Carolina, Greenville, Winterville, Aiden, Smithfield, Raleigh, Moorhead. If you go on Facebook, search Hugs from Harrison, uh, you can find the, the Facebook page with all the drop-off spots. If you have trouble finding the Facebook page, Hugs from Harrison, just uh, message me, Kyle Barber, on Facebook, and I'll give you the drop-off spots. But uh, they got off to a slow start this year, so uh, trying to plug it and help them out, fill those toy boxes up with uh, brand-new unwrapped toys from toddlers all the way up to 18. Gift cards are appreciated for the teenagers also. And all the toys will go to the Maynard Children's Hospital at uh, ECU Health. So um, good calls. And uh, that's all I got. Go Pirates. All right, Kyle. Thanks, man. There's Kyle in LaGrange, 317-1250. Pit Electric Live Line here on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. We go next to Vernie in Piney Creek. Hello, Vernie. Guys, hope y'all had a good Thanksgiving. How you doing? We're doing, doing good. Right. My Thanksgiving is still going because I've got my Parker's Barbecue Banana Pudding right here. That's the. Uh, that's I'm the... a little bit, little bit uh, envious because I'm up here in the high country and 
We don't have much queue up here. Well, they ship uh, nationwide. ParkersBBQ.com. Know what I mean, Vernie? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I, I was a cook at Parker's when I was in school back in the 70s. And Man, the 80s. how about there that? It's pretty cool. So I thought, I, I thought free food, and after about three weeks, I didn't want that stuff because I cooked it and saw it every day. But anyway... <laughs> Um, I know what you mean. Yeah, Bernie. but then it's like an old girlfriend. You kind of miss her and call her up. and Yeah, but you get over it really fast. Nah, I know. <laughs> got to move on. That's why the windshield's bigger than the rear view mirror. You know? That's right. That's right. I know what you mean, Vernon. <laughs> yeah, and I, that's kind of, you know, I wasn't planning on making this uh, comparison, but that's kind of like ECU football. We really don't have a choice except to look forward. But, you know, everybody's got opinions and thoughts, and, and I respect them all. But, you know, <laughs> The old cliche of, you know, you got to give a new head coach four years. Well, this is Houston's fourth year. And things that jump out to me is we don't have a kicker. How do you not have a kicker? I know the kid in Chapel Hill last night, you know, he missed one. But, I mean, that's just a – you know, we could – we could be, you know, could be, should be, would have, what have you, but – you know, we could be sitting there ten and one, and and you know seven and five at the end of the day. That's what people look at as a record. But then we could also it could be, you know, five and seven. And you know we we've got to recruit a kicker. You know, Houston only one time, and I think it was last week or maybe the Cincinnati game. If I heard the man say. Hey, it falls on me. I'm the head coach. I got to do a better job. I'll never forget Bill Lewis after getting beat by Southern Miss in Hattiesburg his second year. He looked right in the camera on the Bill Lewis show and said, I'm the head coach. We lost because of me. I've got to do a better job. And the next year we finished ninth in the nation. You know, get a kicker, get a new offensive and defensive coordinator, and get a special teams coach. I think we have talent. I think we have kids that play hard, but Houston, you know, I don't know. You know, I mean, the athletic department, you know, you can buy all the lipstick and perfume you want and put it on the pig. It's still a pig. And I am just not impressed with this coaching staff and our head coach. And I know we can't buy his contract out like a, you know, like, you know, larger schools like a Nebraska with Scott Frost, but. To me, we get out coached almost every week, and you know there there's a problem. And people can say, "Oh, well, we're seven and five, we're going to bowl." That's great, but you know, last year after you know the bowl was canceled, but when you give a man a raise to two point three million dollars for what? I just think it begins with coaching, and I you know look at. Um, you know, look at Kansas. Now, they've kind of nosedived late in the season, but this was their second year. You know, I think their coach has been there maybe two years. Look at Tulane. They were 2-9 and nine or whatever last year, won two games. Look at them this year. That guy turned it around in two years at Tulane. Well, and he's in, they're in the heart of the, of the Southeastern Conference. Yeah. I mean, well, Fritz has been there a while and tanked it last year, and but I hear your point, Vern. I mean, people may not want to face it, but something isn't clicking. I mean, it, Kilpatrick, I know he's been there. He's he left. He came back. You know, it seems like the offensive line has played better under Shank, but 
it begins with coaching and it in and, and recruiting. For God's sakes, go get a kicker. Those guys are a dime a dozen. No, well, that's where you're wrong. I'm sorry about that. I, I got to disagree with that. Uh, kickers, players, period, are a dime a dozen. Good players and good, especially good kickers. Now, I'm talking about good, solid kickers, really good kickers. They're not a dime a dozen. They're hard to find. They're like good offensive linemen. They're not, they don't grow on trees like people think they do. So uh, it's, it's a little tougher, and especially when you got constraints with, with scholarship numbers. A lot of these coaches don't want to go out there and, and put a full scholarship on a kicker, and, uh, and that's just the way it is. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that's just the way it is. And I think I, after Daffer hit a 54, whatever game winner yeah. last year mike houston thought he had his guy as we all did uh, yeah and i mean that was just one of those things this year that's an anomaly this year you like like clip just said everybody was high on the, living high on the hog with with daffer last year at the end of last year and saying hey this is our guy uh he was you know at the beginning of the season you can't you can't recruit uh, is this not the NFL you, where you can pick up a, a free agent kicker in the middle of the season? You can't do that. We had to live with the kickers that we had on the roster this year. And going into this year, Daffer was the guy, and there was nobody that disputed that. But but I'm just saying four years, and, and this is what we have for kicking. And <laughs> Okay. And we, we can agree to disagree, but, but across this country, there's a lot of kickers. That's a specialty. That's all they do. But, yeah. but but the kicker, you know. Well, I'm sure after this year it'll be addressed. I mean, they've been awful. So, yeah, it's going to be addressed. All right, Vernie, let me let me just ask you one, one question. Were you okay with our kicking situation last year? Last year? It's just, a, it's just a yes or no answer. It's real simple. Yes. You were. Okay. So then if you say that – Going into the season, when that same kicker that you were comfortable with last year kind of fell apart, what was the coaching staff supposed to do? Tell me. Were they supposed to go out and get another kicker? Because like I said, you can't do that in college football. You can't just go out and pick somebody off the street, or you can't sign a free agent like you do in the NFL. So if you were good at the end of last season with the kicker that we had, there was nothing the coaches could do about a kicker. They had to go with whoever was on the roster, and that's what they did. Yeah, and I'm not saying you I'm not saying you can do that. I'm not comparing college to NFL. I'm just saying that something happened, and we now we need to go out and get. Well, right. they are. They and, will. And, that, and that's, they will. That's a that that you can say, but you can't say he's been here four years and hadn't got a good kicker. That's just wrong information, because he had a good kicker last year that just hasn't been good this year. But we're ta- exactly we're talking about this year, it's right? In the second thing, well, you said you've been talking about four years that he's had four years to get a good kicker in here and hadn't got one. That's that's not a true statement. Well, well, it kind of looks like it now. It is. No well, yeah, no, I mean, but you know what I'm saying. He had a good All right, Bernie, we got to run. We got more callers. That's what I'm saying too. I mean, you know, or who knows what it is? But you know, there's just. Yeah. I, I am not pleased. It's frustration. We get it, Bernie. We All right. It. Appreciate you calling in, man. All right. See you. See ya, Bernie in Piney Creek. We go to Monica in Greenville. Hello, Monica. Hey, guys. Uh, really great win today. Um, it was an ugly win, but we'll take a win any way we can get it. Um, I have to shout out to Shirley Rhodes, who won Twitter today by calling Werner Baby Igloo. Um, he is indeed Baby Igloo. So <laughs> shout out to Shirley Rhodes for calling that one. Um, 
Also, I just want to say that, you know, as we close out the regular season, um, you know, we did do better with closing out the season with a, with a winning record. Um, but I, I do have to say that, um, you know, the winning season still begs more questions, uh, you know, as we head into going into volume two of Mike Houston's year. You know, we, we, we didn't close out with good momentum, if, if we're all really honest. Uh, as as we close out the season. This was not a definitive win. We should have gone into this game, especially coming off some really tough losses, you know, not squeaking out a win against a really not great Temple win. This should have been a definitive win by our Pirates. We should have come in with swagger. We should have come in closing out this win in a really saucy fashion. Um, and Keaton Mitchell's back has to hurt after this win because he carried this team today. So um, it was really kind of an ugly win and not the way I really wanted to shut it down. So um, I'm just going to uh, kind of close out with that. The questions are, when you, when you win in this fashion, I know we have another bowl game and, and that, that is what it is, but the questions are, we're going into now Mike Houston's volume two, another season. Who is our defense? Because they really regress. Who do we have at quarterback? We don't even know who our quarterback is. Is, is it going to be Mason Garcia or is it going to be the third string behind him? We have no freaking clue. Who do we, what does our special teams look like? That's, that's atrocious. So we don't even know what momentum we're building on because it doesn't look like we even have much momentum as we close out our season. Um, you know, not to be a negative Nelly or De- Debbie Downer, but I feel like as we've closed out this sort of last section of our season it really wasn't the way we wanted to end it we did not tell the story about east carolina university football that we wanted to tell we didn't put the punctuation mark on it that we wanted to tell and that's what we're doing every game we want to define what ecu football is for um, ecu football and that's what we need to do for our program is put the freaking exclamation point on what ECU football is. It's what it used to be. And that's what we need to do every game, whether it's Temple or Cincinnati or UCF, it doesn't matter. Put the freaking exclamation point on it. So that's how I'm going to end it. And there's just a lot of question marks as we go into volume two of Mike Houston's year. Good call, as always, Monica. I agree. Um, man, limping to the finish line here is East Carolina. Yeah. And, despite and, the win today. And I think the only thing that would really make it better is to to get a statement winning a bowl game. I mean, there's, there's a lot of time between now and the bowl game to get some things corrected, which obviously there's a ton of stuff that needs to be corrected. Why it hadn't been corrected before now is still a mystery because this team, you know, and and this might sound a little controversial because I know everybody, I know what you're going to say about Donnie Kirkpatrick. We've heard it all year about our offensive coordinator. I get it. But let me tell you something. This game, both offensive coordinators went, went in with a game plan, which is exactly what I hit on. In the post in the pregame show, is that Donnie Kirkpatrick needed to run the football against Temple. You had one of the better top sixty offensive rushing teams in the country against 
the 121st rushing defense run the football. East Carolina did that with Keaton Mitchell. And without Keaton Mitchell, they don't win today. And without that running the football, they don't win today. And Temple was going to do exactly what I said that they were going to do. And they were going to exploit over the middle of East Carolina. And they were going to throw the football and throw the football. They threw the football for 527 yards. They ran for 48 yards. They went in with the purpose of throwing the football. Both offensive coordinators did exactly what the defense allowed them to do today in this football game. And it came down to the team with the football last, and that was East Carolina. 317-1250, and thank you to uh, Temple for punting the ball to us. Right. So we did That's have the play it of the game. had a chance that, yeah. uh, at last. The decision of the game. Terry, Brian, Pays, Cameron, hang on. We'll get to your calls when we return on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Back with you after these words. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right. uh, East Carolina's women's basketball team is in action and four and a half minutes in the uh, first half. And they have a 11-7 lead over Liberty. And then, of course, the men will tip off coming up uh, later on tonight at 7 o'clock. Let's take a look at some of the scores going on right now in college football. Louisville is trailing Kentucky 16-7. Alabama has a 28-14 lead over Auburn. At the, uh, at the halftime, it is Memphis uh, with a 17-14 lead over SMU. And... Um, at the half, Duke holds a 20-17 to lead over Wake Forest, and Penn State leads Michigan State 14 to nothing. That is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by the Buck. It's your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates, and they're open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night. Right now during football season, join the Buck for Sunday Fun Day with football, food trucks, live music, giveaways, and the largest 4K TV in eastern North Carolina. You can follow the Buck on Instagram for updated schedules. And we'll see you at the Buck. Now let's head back into the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter. Here is Clip Rock. All right, thanks for tuning in today, whether it be radio, online, or on Facebook and YouTube. Checking in with the uh, chats real quick. Looks like we got uh, some special teams talk going on on Facebook and uh, YouTube uh, debating on whether we should bring back Skip Holtz or Steve Logan. So uh, some intelligent chat going on in the YouTube today. I think I see david cutcliffe name david cutcliffe uh, on the big board as well <laughs> it's kind of like the president you got to be 75 or older to coach uh, here at east carolina all right terry brian pays hang on we start with cameron in greenville hello cameron clip billy uh how about them pirates as always i've uh done a little bit of self-reflection on the season today i've rewatched a lot of the highlights trying to figure out you know what to think about this season. And I just want everybody to, I know I don't always think rationally when it comes to pirate football because I'm a passionate fan (laughs) or ever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a passionate fan, but uh, (laughs) listen, going into the season, I thought we would be seven and five. That's where we are now. So I think in year two, two, seven and five seasons, 
I think we have a lot to be happy for considering what we've had the past few years. And for anybody talking on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, firing the head coaches or what, they need to calm it a little bit down and come back to reality. We are bowl eligible. We are 7-5 and five for the second straight year. I think that is a major, major turnaround for our program. Now, that being said, it is frustrating because we've seen the talent we have on offense. We've seen how close we've been in games this year. Um, and really, we, we failed to capitalize on some moments due to that poor special teams play and maybe poor offense decisions. And it's frustrating because we know we can be better than this, I think. And I think everyone realizes that. Um, now, with that being said, for all the people that said the defense has regressed, um, the past two times I called in, I talked to Billy, and I said, listen, teams are going to start throwing the ball on our defense now that they see. We're a good defense stopping the run, but we've been exposed, and really it probably should have been exposed earlier, but more teams kept trying to force the run down our throats, which I don't know why. Um, we have a good run defense, but teams are just going to pick apart our secondary, and, they, and teams should have done that against us all year. So I don't think it's much of our defense regressing. I think it's more of the offenses we're playing against have just adapted to our style of play. Um, and I wouldn't even say our secondary is a major issue. To me, the major issue with our defense is our defensive line. I think they have been exposed as well. We cannot get any solid pass rush without blitzing, and that is a major problem when it comes to late November, late October football. Um, our, we need to hit the portal to try and get some bigger, uh, more experienced defensive linemen. Um, just so we can probably provide a, a, a little bit of a pass rush without blitzing. Um, but anyways, we're 75, guys. I know it's frustrating. I know special teams has let us down. I know offensive play calling has been suspect at times, uh, individual mistakes by, by players on the team. But listen, think about the times we called in the fifth quarter the past few years about Scotty Montgomery and just look at where we are now. We have made vast, vast improvements. I know it's frustrating that we could have won more games, but we're 7-5. and five. We have a chance to go to a bowl game and win, um, and that's something we've only done twice in the past 20 years. So put that into perspective. I think the coaches realize they could have done more this season. I think they're going to get together, have some meeting time going into the bowl game, and try to come up with a, a game plan where we can maybe make a statement at the end of our season. I still believe in Mike Houston. Um, I, I believe in Mike Houston. You could say whatever you want about the coordinators, but I believe in Mike Houston. Let's settle down on some of this irrational talk, and this is coming from one of the most irrational East Carolina Pirate fans, as Clip knows. Let's chill out a little bit, and uh, as always, go Pirates, and let's go ECU basketball. Everybody watch it. Uh, ECU play Old Dominion at 7 o'clock. That's right. All right. ECU there's Clip, Billy, great season. Go Pirates. Cameron, uh, one week removed from saying I've lost all respect for these coaches on Twitter. <laughs> is, uh, but you know what? Cameron hit the nail right on the head. I've been saying this all year. It's not the defense has been playing the exact same way all year. Coaches have a way of doing things the way they want to do them. They go in with a game plan. We're this type of offense. We're that type of offense. This is what we do. We run the football. We don't throw the football. And they go and they do that, and they're not as successful against East Carolina. The coaches that go in and say, okay, this is what East Carolina does bad on defense. Let's exploit it. The last two coaches have done that. This defense, I don't think, is playing any different. Like I said, they're playing great against the run. They've stuffed the run. They've been able to get pressure on the quarterback at times. The last couple times games, they haven't gotten as much pressure on the quarterback. They've come up with turnovers on defense. 
these coaches, like exactly what Cameron said, have finally exploited this, and they've said, look, this is we're going to take what East Carolina gives us. Well, now you got a month or maybe less than a month, depending on the bowl. So but do we see it, any changes in what the defense is doing? If you haven't seen it in what – 12 games? Yeah. Are you going to see it between now and the bowl game? I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, we go next to B. Pays and Raleigh. What's up, Pays? Happy holidays, fellas. Pays. Same to you. So, um, y'all, son, y'all seen that movie White Man Can't Jump before, right? Y'all seen that movie? Mm-hmm. One, one of my favorite movies. You remember when he, Billy Ho! Uh, it's pretty. Yeah. Billy you remember so, when he, so pretty. You remember when he said, Opie's been pissing on you all game? You remember that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That is how I felt about that quarterback. <laughs> I said, if this kid throws another hundred yards, they're gonna make a movie like his daddy. <laughs> oh man! You know what they say too, B pays when you playing outside. You gotta adjust your shot six inches to the left or to the right. I mean, depending on how the wind blows. He was getting ready to go to Sizzler after. I'm going Sizzler. Sizzler. I'm going Sizzler. 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 (laughs) Great movie. I mean, I I, I love – listen, I love to get the win today, but Mike Houston at the end of this season is going to have to look himself in the mirror like my man used to do on Saturday Night Live when he said, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. He's going to have to look in the mirror and say, what am I doing with timeout? What am I doing with time management? Because that is a glaring um, deficiency that he has. I don't know if he needs to bring in a consultant or if he needs to bring in an analyst or whatever, but the timeout situation, he got lucky with calling that timeout to change them to, you know, to punt that ball. He got a little lucky with that one. But at the end of the first half, you got three timeouts. You know, you just, I mean, I just don't understand his philosophy on timeouts. And this is not the first time. You know, this is you know this has came up. You know, his time management is just a little bit, um, you know, a little scary. But I will say this: you know, Holton is a guy that's got a lot of <laughs> gets a lot of hate, gets a lot of love. But it, it, it's kind of a great thing that that kid at the end of the game made a play that some games in his career has not made that play and made a stupid play. And the game that he made the game winning play today. So congratulations to that young man and uh, go pirates. And I'm going to go watch white man can't jump. Happy holidays. All right. All right B pays. Uh, you can tell how old he is with his references being white man can't jump. And then, uh, is it Stuart Smiley? Who is the character? Oh, yeah, Stuart Smiley. Yeah. I'm good enough. I'm oh, smart yeah, it's enough. Oh, yeah, definitely Stuart Smiley. people like me. If you remember when Michael Jordan did the oh, – uh, when he great. was a guest host of Saturday Night Live, he did that. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone dog it, people like people me. People like me. Yeah. Yeah, and he comes close to cracking up while he's doing it. <laughs> he does. Yeah. We go to Brian in Raleigh next. Hello, Brian. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. How are we? We doing are. Good. All right. Good, good. Uh, so, I – I was kind of piggybacking, too, on, on uh, the caller before Cameron's call, I think, uh, for someone who is irrational about the, the, the Pirates. I think he had a wonderful take in that, you know, uh, you know let's, let's keep things in perspective here. You got you to gotta walk before you can run. You know, we, we, we have to remember we have an entire generation of 
college students go through East Carolina University and never experience a winning football team. Not one year, right? If you got a four-year degree here between 2015 and, uh, 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 what, 2020, you did not have a winning football team. And so those are the people that come back, right, for homecoming and donate money to the university and that sort of thing. So, you know, the winning football brings us all back together, right, and and it's, you know, good for the school. And so let's... Let's let's walk before we can run. To 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 these folks who are calling in saying, "Oh, we need an all new special teams coordinator. We need an all new offense coordinator, and fire everybody." And what? That's that's not the answer, right? I, I think I think uh, Billy, you had a good point, right? Like we we had an all conference kicker to start the season. There was no reason to assume that there would be any issues there, and you can't just go pick somebody up off of campus and. Put them on a team. It just doesn't work that way. So let's all slow our roll here a little bit. Brian, let me play devil's advocate just for a moment. Uh, year four of Mike Houston, fifth year quarterback. A lot of fifth year guys on this team. Like, what? When do we walk? When do we start power walking? At least. Well, and and I agree with you. I would say to me, this feels this season feels a lot like the early two thousands, the two thousand two thousand one Pirates, where you know we. It was right in front of us to win Conference USA, and we lost the UAV. Or it was right in front of us to win Conference USA, and we lost to Louisville. Yeah, it's right. The season of what could have been, right? And and so we're we're certainly a lot better off than we were a few years ago. And so now we need to take that next step. Right now, now's the point where we need to take the next step. But I I, I do think you can go overkill. Right, you can go over Kell and say, "Oh, they're not getting the job done. We're not ten and one. Right, that's not acceptable, and everybody needs to be fired." I think that's a little crazy. Yeah, um, but we agree there. You know, I, I think there needs to be some balance, right? I think ECU is a, ECU is a football first school. It's a school that should win seven, you know, win half your games, win seven or eight games most most seasons. Have some challenging opponents. Maybe you you, you knock off some top twenty five teams. Like we normally do, you get into the top twenty-five every once in a while, and then maybe we have those seasons where, yeah, you're you're ten and one, and you you get a January bowl game, or you're nine and two, and but you know, let's realize, you, you know, let's realize where we are and where we've come from recently. You you, you gotta you gotta walk before you can run, and I think we're getting there. And people just need to keep supporting these guys, right? Keep you know keep keep on the path here. I think we're on a good path. Um, definitely some things need to be addressed. It's not perfect, but I don't think it's as bad as some people think are, are, are thinking it is. I, I really don't. I really don't. All right, Brian. Good call. Thanks, man. Uh, and, and, Clip, I'm going to answer your question as far as, you know, when do we start walking or power walking? Win a bowl game. Because I think that's the next step. That's what we didn't get to see last year with, you know, they got bowl eligible. They were going to a bowl game. They actually went to a bowl game. The game didn't get played because of COVID. So we don't know how that was going to turn out. So I think the next step is winning a bowl game. And I, I think you've, you've got to win. You just got to win. Got to win. All right. We go next to Terry in Greenville. Hello, Terry. Hey, what's up? What's up? Um, to your whatever's advocate, I would like to say, honestly speaking, if you want to be honest, you got to consider that this is really 
only Mike Houston's third full year. You can't, if you're an honest person, count the first year. You couldn't have spring practice. You couldn't play all your games. It was the COVID year, so this is his third year. Well, if you're an honest person, you say he's had – I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think you should call me dishonest for saying it's his fourth year. Okay, you're not dishonest. Thank you. I apologize. (laughs) No problem, Terry. Just clearing that up. Wrong. (laughs) But anyway, you only played nine games. You got a brand new coach. It'd be different if you had a coach that's been here for a while. But anyway, and uh, to quote Herman Boone, all these people talking about Mike Houston should be fired. Are you outside your mind? Um, On the last coaching staff, and I can't remember who the head coach was because I think Millie is a Pirate fan. I blocked that out. But, and I will admit, as bad as the defensive backs played all day, the difference between this team and the previous teams were in the last drive that Temple had, if anybody was watching the game, the defensive backs actually stepped up and we found a way to win. So this team finds a way to win, and I'm encouraged by that. Do we need to find some better defensive backs? Uh, We need to do something there, but I'm encouraged that this team can actually win seven games because you still got some of the players that went through that, whatever it was, in the previous regime. And I'll give it to you, Clip. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Terry. Turn I love the way you, you emphasize some words and then don't others, but then you emphasize more. Um. All right. I, if what you want to say that is a failure, is a failure to, to communicate. communicate in our secondary. <laughs> um, every coach went through a COVID year. I mean, yeah, whatever. I, I, yeah. I, that is really grasping at straws. But okay, whatever. Terry, good call. All right, David, Larry, Kevin, hang on, and we have one open line. If you want to jump in, three one seven twelve fifty. On the Pit Electric Live line, you're tuned into the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. We'll have our Brown and Wood drive of the game coming up. More looks at the UBE stat sheet, and uh, we'll check in with uh, Igo Bailey, see if we have any news on the Orthopedics East injury report. Marlon Gunn left the game. Did he ever return? He did not. After kind so, of being bent like a pretzel? He didn't, he didn't get any, uh, any plays. I don't remember yeah. him getting back into the game. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll check on that. All right, more to go. U.S. Sailor fifth quarter calling show. Back after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, I stress ate some uh, awesome fried chicken and barbecue and green beans during that fourth quarter. Thanks to Parker's Barbecue for the awesome post-game food. Three locations in Greenwood to serve you. Perfect for an NFL Sunday, a dinner after church. Uh, Parker's Barbecue. They ship nationwide. Parker'sBBQ.com. Weave and I were talking bowls during the break. Was it uh, Steve in Greenwood that called last week? Whoever called last week and gave us the uh the bowl projections we need you to call back you had ecu ohio state last week yep, yep. need to know who ecu is going to play this week 
How did the Ohio State loss to Michigan affect that? Oh, yeah. Is that good or bad? Oh, I, I think don't that, know. That, I think that might be bad. <laughs> might be bad. So uh, let us know. Well, I think now we play Michigan. Oh, no. Before next year. A little so tune-up. Kind of like we did gonna with Florida. Be a, it's going to be a two, uh, yeah, a two-for deal. A two-for. A two-for. We're going to play them in a bowl game and then uh, first game of the next season. In the big house. And then we can get them here to Dowdy Fick the next year. All right, Philip, Kevin, Larry, uh, hang on. We go to David and Winston-Salem. Hey, David. Hey, hey, guys. Uh, I appreciate you taking my call. Um, I, I tell you, taking a step back, uh, today's game was really difficult to watch. Um, just really didn't know what was going to happen, and I, I agree with y'all. I I was surprised when Temple did not go for it on fourth and one. Um, they were milking the clock, they were moving the ball, and uh, and I think had, had they gone for it, we would we were going to lose. Um, but you know, if you take a sec, take a second and step back away from this and look at really how the last two years have played out. Prior to last year, ECU had six consecutive losing seasons. Um, they won seven games last year, regular season. They've won seven games again this season. And, and like what you said about uh, Owen Daffer, uh, our kicker, if, if we'd have just had half of the success that he didn't have kicking the ball, we'd probably win another two games. Um, and so instead of finishing seven and five regular season, we're nine and three regular season. And, um, you know, I just, uh, it's there. Um, if it was a situation where ECU was consistently getting blown out, um, we only really were out of one game. Um, that was the Houston game. It just never materialized. Um, I, you know, I, there's a lot going on. Um, you know, I, I don't know if uh, Blake will be there next year or not. I don't know who the what the situation will be like. Uh, and it's certainly hard midseason to go from playing zone is suddenly trying to play man, um, particularly when you don't really have the guys to play man. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this coaching staff builds on what they've done. But they were really, really close uh, to winning nine games. Uh, look, Central Florida is going to play for a, a conference title. They've got one loss, and that one loss was to ECU. Should have beat Cincinnati. Um, like I said, I don't know what happened with uh, Houston, but um, – I think this coaching staff can uh, can, can make the right calls, um, find us a couple of kickers. Uh, the only thing that really bothers me, this was supposed to bend the game where Mason Garcia got a little bit more under under the belt experience. Um, he's not going to get it in the bowl game because the bowl game is going to be that. They're going to want to win it. Um, Garcia is not going to play. Um, heavens forbid, whoever starts next year at Michigan, good luck. Um, it's going to be difficult to watch. Maybe, who knows, uh, he'll come out and play like Warner did, uh, freshman QB. Um, hopefully uh, things will change in the offseason. Um, I, I do agree and believe that it's time to make a shift on the offensive side. Um, but uh, I'll listen to what you guys have to say, and I appreciate it very much. All right, I don't like it. I, I wanted to see Mason Garcia yeah. last week, this week, next game, just somewhere. Just give him some some minutes. I mean, say he can go out and look like Warner next year at Michigan. I don't think the Michigan defense is going to be as loose as East Carolina's today. No, That's no. A, and you know what? Different I, story. I had mentioned this uh, either last week or the week before that Michigan, they're going to be so ready for that game because they're going to have 
uh, vivid memories of the App State game uh, that everybody in the world says is you know one of the biggest upsets in college football history. And another team from the state of North Carolina that you're going to be a heavy favorite in comes in for a season opener. They're not going to take East Carolina lightly. They're going to want to they're going to want to just crush East Carolina. And, you know, getting back to the Mason Garcia thing, and then everybody's talking about making changes with the offensive coordinator. Think about this. You go into Michigan with a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback, and a new offensive scheme. Nothing could go wrong with that, right? I mean, that's that could be a recipe for disaster. You got a new quarterback trying to learn a new system under a new offensive coordinator. It could be uh, it could be some some heavy sledding in that first game. Uh, and after beating Ohio State today, Michigan is either going to be a team that is coming off a playoff loss, a championship loss, or a national championship. Yeah, yeah. those are the three options if they take care of business in the Big Ten championship. All right, uh, we go next to Larry in Canada. Is that how you say that? Hello, Larry. Larry. I hear something. Larry, you're there. We hear you. Hey, boys. I appreciate you guys taking my call. Yes, sir. Look, I just want to say I'm a huge fire fan. And, look, this was a bad game, but you can't blame it on anything but the offense, the defense. Look, she was ugly, but she had big boobies, okay? <laughs> All right. Thanks, Larry. Nah, that's uh, Kanita representing right there. That's you. He speaks for your entire town. Don't call us cone toe. <laughs> Don't call us. T- <laughs> he said what? <laughs> I mean, take here comes Shirley. He didn't curse. Here she and, comes. I mean, it's fine. Here she comes. No, I'm. No, he's gone. Number one, because, and I'll tell you why. Because I knew I, that's why I had my hand on the pot when I pulled him up. Because when I said, "What's your name? Where are you calling from?" He literally said, Larry from Conto. And uh, I said, it's Kanita. Yeah, that's where I'm from. All right, son. <laughs> okay. Larry didn't pass the smell test. No. But you let him through anyway. I let him you through nice. just to, he- just to hear what he had to and say, I'm but I was at the ready. ready. I'm glad you did. <laughs> I was at the ready. However, we don't talk about female parts around here. Not on the air. All right, no. Don't be stupid. No female parts. She said, she said not on the air. Right. Off the air is fine. Off the air, the air is, is fair game. Fair game. <laughs> All right, we go to Kevin and Greenville next. Hey, Kevin. Uh, oh, I'm trying to get my breath on that one, guys. <laughs> Look, Shirley is the unsung hero of this group. I mean, let's give her some credit. But anyway. Well, look, guys, we're um, up here at, uh, you know, Friendsgiving. Um with some of my wife's friends and all that. And when the game started, you know, I'm in there I'm with my wife, you know, we're, you know, into the game and some of the other women came in and uh, then they're like, hey, why don't you go outside with the guys? I'm like, nah, how about you tell the guys to come here and watch the game? But uh, anyway, um, I'm going to try to be as optimistic as I can, you know. Um, everybody's saying that, hey, you know, we could be, you know, um, nine and three right now, whatnot, but you know what, we could easily be, um, um, four and eight, and uh, you know it wasn't a great defensive game, but uh, we made it through. We got seven wins. We didn't progress from last season, um, so let's get out there, get ready for our bowl game. Um, but I will say that uh, Mike has definitely got to make some adjustments. But I don't know if this that you know he's just 
he's just a nice guy and just doesn't want to let, you know, certain people go. But, you know, I think he's at the point now is you can't really worry about other people's feelings. you got to do what's best for the program. And that's all i got to say, guys. All right, Kevin, thanks for the call. Uh, he, you know, let Bob Trot go after one year, and then he brought in Blake Carroll. Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, th- there needs to be, I think, a discussion at least with Donnie. K- He'll have a discussion with all the assistants. Oh, absolutely. After the year. I mean, and that's that's par for the course is that at the end of every season, the head coach sits down usually, and if, if you know, if it's a normal situation, after every year, head coach sits down with each one of the assistant coaches yeah. and goes over an evaluation and how they are and everything. I don't think um, Mike Houston is afraid to pull the trigger on anything. I don't think he seems like a pretty straightforward, hard-nosed guy at times and where he can make tough decisions, so I, I don't think that's going to be a problem. For all we know, Donnie Kirkpatrick's calling the plays Mike Houston wants to call and is I, running right. the offense the head coach wants we to We don't run. know, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that could very well be the case. That maybe he thinks he's doing a great job because he's running what he wants him to run. I don't know. All right, Philip is up in Holly Springs. Hey, Philip. Gentlemen, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Just want to, oh, th- thanks for. Uh, You're welcome. Those cowboys. How about those cowboys? Oh goodness! <laughs> what about them? They starting off on the wrong foot. You know, you're talking to two Commander fans. They right? beat a. Oh, yeah. They beat a fraud on Thanksgiving. Yeah, <laughs> just in all seriousness, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for the show all all year. I've been to every. This is the first the first year I've been to every single home game. It's great getting in the car and listening to you guys. It's uh, great listening to the fans and what they got to say. But um, thanks for all you guys do for pirate football. And just wanted to want to get your take on one thing before the season ends. Do you, do you, is there any other explanation as far as Garcia goes for next year? Do you think there's anybody else who could? be a quarterback besides garcia that, that's um, I'll, I'll leave it there just one yeah i'm thinking they start to lean to i'm leaning towards they're gonna go after somebody in the portal bring somebody in uh to at least challenge him this offseason yeah and i think you have to have that in in any quarterback situation especially when there's a new quarterback there's got to be some sort of quarterback competition you can't go into next season with garcia thinking okay you're definitely the number one guy because i think complacency starts to set in even if the guy has never played uh you know a quality down of football when you anoint a guy from the very beginning that's the recipe for disaster there has to be during spring training uh and during fall workouts and even summer workouts there's got to be somebody to push garcia so i agree 100 percent with clip i think you go to the portal and try and find somebody uh and have some healthy competition in, in all your camps all right philip thank you and holly springs 317-1250 got a couple open lines if you want to jump in uh doug is up in greenville hey doug hey guys how's it going going all right i am i think all in all we have made progress uh we've placed a lot of blame a lot of different times of the year on a lot of people who i think unfairly don't deserve it we've given owen daffert a hard time um, but we saw today and i think you guys touched on it earlier some of our deficiencies are i mean getting zero push on that defensive line this isn't a knock against our kids uh, but you're getting zero push on the defensive line and those you know offensive coordinators for the other teams have extremely exploited those weaknesses as they should. Uh, going forward, I, I think it's going to take a realistic conversation from the entire staff to say we've established our identity as a hard-nosed football team. We got that. But going forward, how do we build upon 
the culture that we've already created and then take this monster to the next level. Uh, kudos to what the staff has done so far, but I think for us to take the next leap, there has to be some real introspection amongst staff to say, okay, what is our statement going to be? We're going to close games. We're going to score points. That's wonderful. You know, but having a defensive lapse where we're giving up 500, 600 yards to a team in conference play, those are the kind of things that can happen. And I, th- and I hope we can address them, and I think we will. So, go Pirates. All right, uh, Doug, thanks for the call. And I'm I'm kind of terrified thinking about life without Keaton. You know, he's, he could be back next year. He may not be. I mean, if you don't have him today, oh, you lose that you game lose that by game. two or three possessions. Oh, easy. Easy. <laughs> and, and oh, Billy, yeah, four, you, you said touchdowns? before the game, this team can't stop the run. Go in and mm-hmm. hand them the football. So, yeah, credit to the coaches for giving them the ball, but – more credit to Keaton for running, Absolutely. just running away from guys. He literally, did. like, and I mean, he. There was no way the the defenders on the edge for Temple could could even be in stride with him whatsoever. I mean, once he got, once he bounced to the outside, those guys on the edge, they just couldn't handle him. They couldn't keep up with him. If I remember correctly, I think there was about 14, 13 or fourteen minutes left to go in the first half, and Keaton Mitchell already had a hundred yards. Right? Yeah, he had nine carries for like one hundred eight yards or something. Yeah, right. And, and he had a couple big explosion plays. He had the one botched play that was almost looked like a fumble ruski sort of, and the little swing pass out to him. Well, that was what seventy three yards or something. And yeah, he had the big. 49-yard run early in the game. So without Keaton Mitchell, uh, you know, this this team is doomed. But like I said, credit to the ECU offensive game plan going into this, knowing that that was a weak point of this Temple defense is that they could not stop the run. And when you got a dynamic guy like Keaton Mitchell, get him out in space and get him on the edges and, and allow him to let his uh, talents take over. It was offensive coaches salivating today. It Ours was. with their defensive uh, run, run defense yep. and their offensive uh, coaches saying we can throw all day on these guys. Absolutely, as you right. said, Billy, they didn't care about the run. They, they didn't even try. No, no. I, the numbers show it. The numbers don't lie. Five hundred and twenty-seven yeah. yards of passing and forty-eight yards rushing. They went in with one goal, one game plan, and if that didn't work, you know, it, and that's the thing. Had that not worked, it could have been a lopsided victory for East Carolina. It could have been sixty-five to twelve or something crazy like that. Had that not worked, and East Carolina had gotten the middle of the field field shored up like that but it's not been working all year for you know for ecu defensively and temple exploited it that's a three and eight team that threw for 527 yards on you uh yeah a quarterback freshman freshman quarterback yeah that has not now there was a lot being made about him today he played great but think about it he hadn't played great all year this is a freshman quarterback that's why somebody had said mentioned earlier well maybe you know we can get what we saw out of uh Kurt Warner Jr. today out of Garcia in the first game. No, no. This is this is what, 8, 9, 10, 11 games in. This is way more of an indictment <laughs> on our defense than it is how good Warner is. Oh, absolutely. I mean, 100%. Absolutely. I, hate to, I mean, all right, 317-1250. We have open lines for the first time. Uh, if you want to jump in, you can call 317-1250. We are back on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. After a pirate win, win's a win. We're back after this.
You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, it is halftime in the Cavalier Classic, and the East Carolina women's uh, team has gone into the locker room with a two-point lead over Liberty, 37-35. to College football, it is Oregon leading Oregon State, 28-10. to Purdue has a 17-7 lead over Indiana in the fourth quarter. It is UTEP, 31, UTSA, 21. UAB has a 30-13 lead over Louisiana Tech. Wake Forest is trailing Duke right now at the start of the fourth quarter, 27-24. TCU has a 34-7 lead over Iowa State at the half. Penn State has gone into the locker room at halftime, leading Michigan State 14-3. And number 14, Utah, leads Colorado 42-0 at the half. And that is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by The Bucket is your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates and they're open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night and you can follow The Buck on Instagram for updated schedules and we'll see you at The Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular 5th quarter. Here's Clip Brock. Thank you Shirley Rhodes. The Buck. The Buck. Pirate Hoops coming up at 7 o'clock. The Buck, the Buck, the Buck, the Buck, the Buck, the Buck, the Buck. First true road game of the year for Mike Schwartz. First true road game uh, as a head coach for Mike Schwartz here at East Carolina as the Pirates take on Old Dominion, a team that they knocked off twice last year. Pirates are a four-point underdog at last check. And had I not had other obligations, i.e. the fifth quarter calling show, I think I would have made the trip up to Norfolk. My old stomping grounds. Yeah, I I like going up there. uh, It used to be called the Ted. I don't know what they call it now. There, yeah, the uh, it used to be called the Ted Constant Convocation yeah. Center. Now it's is it something else? I think it's a pretty it's nice arena. It's that. very nice. Yeah, where's the scope? Isn't oh, that yeah, Norfolk? Yeah, that's in downtown. That's an old building. Yeah, you know, I used to go see uh, old WW, not WWE, WFC, no WCW huh. wrestling events. I remember going. As a matter of fact, uh, the first time I ever saw um, Andre the Giant in person was wow. at the scope. Norfolk Scope. Didn't they, uh, did they have ABA there? They did. Yeah. They did, yeah. The mm-hmm. Squires. Uh-huh. The Virginia Squires. I know Very a few good. things. There you go. Wow. That's so cool. That's back in the day. That's a long time ago. Cool deal, right, Chandler? Cool deal. Cool, All neat right. stuff. Cool, neat story. Cool, neat story. Tommy is up in Gardner. We have open lines, 317-1250, if you want to move to the front of the line. Hello, Tommy. Tommy. Yes, sir. What's up? How you doing? Doing good, man. I'm doing the best I can with what I got. I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, offense, defense, special teams, if it weren't for that running back, Keon, I'm going to tell you something. That, that, that sucker right there is like a rat. If it weren't for him, we'd have lost that game today. But I told you last week, same thing. Garcia got no reps. So what's going to happen? Unless Holton gets hurt in the bowl game, Garcia's going to Michigan to the big house, and it ain't going to be pretty. And there was too much, too many passes over the middle uh, that we just couldn't stop today. If you're just tuning in, Tommy just summed it all up beautifully, in my opinion. Those, if I was a fifth quarter caller, that's probably what I would have said. Yeah, I mean that's I that's it. Have in nothing a, to add. That's it. That's the game and the. Not only do we not in a nutshell. Not only do we not win if Keaton Mitchell doesn't play, we get blown out if Keaton Mitchell doesn't play today. Absolutely. 
So, all right. Anything else, Tom? Yeah, the big house. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I want to go, and I've already got some reservations up there. But seeing that Garcia, it's it's one thing. Like I said last week, practicing uh, game situations in practice ain't the same thing as live action, and it ain't. You know, y'all said it earlier. Uh, Final Four, maybe a national championship appearance, maybe a national championship. Uh, it, it ain't gonna be good up there. I mean, we go, we gonna probably be a, a thirty-five to twenty-eight underdog. I, again, I, I mean, we just keep beating a dead horse here. I want to see him in games. We haven't seen him. We had a caller earlier that said we won't see him in a bowl game. I don't know if that's. I mean, the way it's trending right now, I don't think we're going to see him this year. No, and like Tommy said, unless the unthinkable happens, which we don't. I mean, knock on wood, you don't want to see anything like this happen. But barring an injury by Holt Naylor's in the in the bowl game, I don't see any scenario because in a bowl game, you're likely not going to have a blowout, and unless there's a blowout on either side, you're not going to see Mason Garcia. And to your point, Tommy, that um, you know practice is is much different than game situation. Look. Even game situation, good quality game situation on the road at Temple is not anything near what you're going to see against Michigan. And now it's it's terrible. It's a terrible situation. Even if he gets a series or two in the bowl game. It's going to be junk. Yeah, it's like it's too late. Uh, Not too little too late. uh, uh, It's frustrating. I don't know. All right. Tommy, anything else, man? Yeah, I just hope he don't transfer in the transfer portal. I really do because I'm going to tell you, when he gets his chance, you're going to see great things out of him. Tommy Three signing off back to y'all. All right. Back to us. Thank you, Tommy. You we'll throw it back to you after the bowl game. Thank you, Tommy. Uh, Tommy David, three. David saw Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, Rush, and I guess that's Blue Oyster Cult. Blue Oyster Cult. That's scope. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Keith saw Rush, Sticks, Heart, Bad Company, Aerosmith, all at the scope. Yeah. It's been that's, – that's, the, the scope is iconic. Yeah. But where I, I saw my very first, uh, and I think I've mentioned this on the show before, my very first concert ever was Van Halen, and that was at the Hampton Coliseum, which is another iconic venue in the uh, Hampton Roads area. All right. There you go. Where did you see your first concert? Who was it? Let us know. 317-1250. Yes. Van Halen, 1983. It was on October 31st. It was Halloween night, and David Lee Roth had buttless chaps. <laughs> I was going to say, I guess I can say assless, right? Uh, sure. Yeah, he did. He, it was, Billy Weaver was hot for teacher that night, my friend. I was 13 years old, yeah. <laughs> That'll really make you a man when you see <laughs> David Lee Rawls' ugly ass. I know, right? <laughs> All right, Steve is up in Illinois. Hey, Steve. Hey. So my first concert was uh, a room of about 20 people. I saw Dead Prez at WPI in Worcester in about 1997 as a last-minute replacement act for... The Coco Brothers, formerly known as Smith & Wesson, who had uh, <laughs> a late cancellation. And, uh, you know, putting my, I was implored to put my fist up for black power. Looking around, there was mostly white people in the room, I think, if I remember. There was only about 25 of us. But um, anyway. <laughs> that was a good story. Thank That's you, a, Steve. That is a cool, neat story. <laughs> cool, neat story. <laughs> All right. But um, listen, overall, I would say that we got to be positive. You know, back-to-back bowl-going seasons is a positive thing. You know, taking the long look, it could have been more. But there's been many times in the course of ECU football history when it could have been more. If you're going to be 
seven, eight-win team, you're going to be in it most of the time. It could have been more. It could have been 10, could have been 11, but it wasn't. You know, that's just the bottom line. And I think this team has enough holes that I don't feel like this was really a 10-win team. You know what I'm saying? So I think they, you know, water found its level. You know, I called you guys um, all pumped up right before the Cincinnati week, and I told you I was headed out there, um, and I did. Brought the whole family out there. I'm trying to raise some pirates and, you know, uh, train them the right way and and get them involved and my little kids and stuff. And uh, they're like um, seven and uh, five and six or whatever. And um, Can can any of them kick? I'm happy about it. I feel like things are heading in the right direction. I'm really excited about going to Michigan to, to kick off the year next year. I'm really excited about, um, you know, a potential bowl game at Fenway. I'm, I'm from Massachusetts, so I'm going to be headed back to see my family uh, in Massachusetts for Christmas anyway. I'll head back a couple days early and go to the Fenway Bowl. So I'm probably the one person in Pirate Nation who's really excited about it. I think I mentioned the same thing last year when it was a possibility on the table, but um, I'd love to see him play Syracuse. My dad's a Syracuse alum, so it'd be a real family affair if we could pull that one off. But um, personal anecdotes aside, like overall, like I said, just positive about the program. I think Mason Garcia could step in right away and make an impact, keep you know the ship on track. I think that um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't expect Keaton Mitchell to be back, and I wouldn't blame him given the shifting landscape of college football and how easy it is to transfer and, and where he needs to be to get on his personal journey. I think, you know, we, he should always, I'm sure you'll always be a proud pirate. I'm sure we shouldn't begrudge him to, you know, seek a higher level um, and transfer somewhere next year because obviously he's done everything that he pretty much can, you know, from his perspective as a pirate. So, well, um, I I don't begrudge anyone. I mean, it, it it's not what you want, but everybody's got to make their own choice what's best for them. So, yeah. and I don't really want to have that conversation right now. I might start crying, uh, Steve. So, well, let me tell you what, Steve. There is anybody that thinks there aren't going to be suitors out there for Keaton Mitchell is fooling. It's themselves. too late. There already are. I mean, they're out there. Right. They're, the blood's in the water there. Yeah. All right, Steve. Uh, Syracuse. There should be enough talent, um, you know, to keep things moving and to could stay in a seven, eight win range next year, especially with the downgrade. And, and you know, I might be mischaracterizing it, but some of the teams coming in, I think, are lower quality than, than some of the teams leaving at this point. So, I mean, it should we should still have good expectations, and you know, it's going to take three to five you know, total seasons of consecutive bowls to, to get permanently where we need to be as a bowl game every year school where we should be. So it's got another, got another three years or so, I think, to really firmly, you know, cement it to the point where it won't fall out. And if we can get five years, we can get ten years, and, and you know what I mean? Not have to worry about them falling out again. All right, Steve. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. Uh, Syracuse will be cool. We had some good games with them back in the mm-hmm. 90s. We've uh, Carrier Dome and here. Yeah, as, matter, as a matter of fact, I was on the uh, sideline call for a WITN broadcast uh, against Syracuse in the Carrier Dome jam-packed house. And, uh, McNabb one, era? Uh, actually, Dwight Freeney 
uh, was I remember he was the the big matchup was Dwight Freeney uh, against Brian Remp. Yeah, okay. Uh, and that was the big matchup. And as a matter of fact, Brian Remp, if I remember correctly, held his own on that left tackle position against Dwight Freeney, who of course you went know on to be went a, on to be a great, great NFL player. Uh, but the story of that game was uh, a referee. I think it was the back judge fell out, had a heart attack at the game. Uh, and they had to bring the stretcher out onto the field ambulance, and he actually, I think, flatlined on the field. Jeez. They took him next door to the hospital and revived him, but you could hear a pin drop in that place, and that was the one thing I remember about that game. I think it was early 2000s, maybe 2000 or 2001, if I remember correctly. I have to look it up. All right, everybody's saying where they saw their first concert. Also, we have this from Bryce, who called in earlier. He said, speaking of the Hampton Coliseum, uh, Weaver, I won the Mr. Teen USA Bodybuilding Championship there. Wow. Uh, so, folks, where did you win your first Mr. <laughs> Teen U.S. Bodybuilding Championship? Mine was at uh, A.G. Cox Middle School back in the day. <laughs> All right. Uh, we go next to Bill in Greenville. What's up, Bill? Hey, man. How y'all doing tonight? Doing, doing good. good, Bill. Listen, um, I know the coaches are happy, but these last two games, I'm telling you, that, that defense is secondary. I, they need to – See if they can't recruit some guys that can cover receivers. I mean, you know, you're talking close to a thousand yards passing in these past two games. I mean, that's what do y'all think? To me, it's kind of ridiculous. Well, you know. it is, but I mean, Weaver's got a good point. I said, what happened to this team? What happened to this defense? And Billy's answer was the coaches finally saw what we've been giving up all year and decided to use an internet phrase, spam it, just keep running it over and over again. And they were throwing over the middle and we got killed by that against houston we got killed by that today and we're not doing anything to stop it and until we try to they're going to keep on doing it yeah and and this far into the season i don't think you overhaul the defense you just can't but they've got to put in some wrinkles for the bowl game another thing we saw today was poor tackling yeah Uh, probably as poor as we've seen all year so everything was going wrong Okay, well, I want to see what y'all thought. <laughs> I want to see if y'all saw the same thing I saw. We did, yeah. Well, and I, I think that's the thing is everybody has seen on film exactly what East Carolina has shown <laughs> defensively all year, and they've taken advantage of it. That's the problem. Everybody sees it everybody and knows sees about it. it now. Right? They finally so. said, "Look, when, when's somebody going to start taking advantage of this? Yeah. They're not changing. They're gonna. This is what they do." All right, Charlie is up next in Pittsburgh. Hey, Charlie. Hey, Cliff. Hey, Billy. What's up, buddy? Hey, y'all taking my call. Uh, my first concert uh, was 2006. I saw the Allman Brothers Band and Drive-By Truckers at uh, Walnut Creek Amphitheater in Raleigh. And I remember during a, what turned out to be about a 20-minute long mountain jam, these two guys got into a, a pretty good fist fight. And uh, this old fellow who was sitting in a lawn chair down the road from me woke up from his haze and said, who fights at the damn Almond Brothers? Concert? It's Almond Brothers. <laughs> They're playing Sweet Melissa. And guys are throwing haymakers. <laughs> That's right. You're yeah. my blue sky. You're my black eye. <laughs> uh, it's my weed. No, it's my weed. No, it's mine. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add uh, to the game tonight. You know, obviously, I wish we could have been a little more dominant, but you know, a win's a win. And I'm really happy that at least we haven't slid backwards as far as our regular season record goes. I'm happy that because I, you know, I don't know. Uh, it wasn't always apparent that that was going to be the case. And so I'm glad that at least at least we're staying, you know, bowl eligible. We're staying where we were last season, and 
we're going to a bowl game, and that's great. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to take these next few weeks and, um, like y'all were talking about, add some wrinkles into the defense because whoever we're playing uh, in that bowl game is going to watch the film of these last two games and they're going to see how wide open we are there in the middle. Um, but I have faith in our uh, in our defensive coordinator, and um, hopefully they'll take this opportunity to, you know, get some things switched around if they can uh, or whatever they can do at this point. And um, hopefully we'll go to the bowl game and get us a W. And hope it's in Myrtle Beach because I'll go. Uh, so anyway. Y'all have a good night. I appreciate it. Go Pirates. All right, right. Charlie. Thanks, Great Charlie. To hear from you, man. And Charlie, they they the opponent's going to have a full year of of film to watch because they got a lot of time during that bowl game uh, practices to be able to break down every game film, and they're going to see if they don't see wrinkles. Uh, it's it's going to be a long day for the Pirates. All right, three one seven twelve fifty. We are going to go to Rick, who is in Burlington, and we're going to him now. Hello, Rick. Hey guys, uh, I am. Are, are we still doing the, the the concerts? Yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, mine is. Uh, hang on a second. My, I've got my little Google thing going in the background. It's messing me up. Hold on, let me, me and turn it off. All right. Take your time. I kind of like silence. Okay. Yeah. All I, right. I, good. I was, I was, you guys were talking about concerts, and I, you know, I'm kind of dating myself. My my first concert was in 1969 at my high school in Hillsboro at Orange High, and the showman uh, played, and the, the lead singer for the showman was a guy named General Johnson, who later had a... Wow, uh, and yeah. chairman of the board. Had a, yeah, had a great music career. Wow. He was the lead singer for the showman at the time. And they actually played in, in, the, in the, the auditorium for half the show, flipped flip the, the, around, and the cafeteria was on the backside, and we had a dance there. But anyway, 1969. That's pretty cool. Uh, pretty, the year I was born. Okay, well, I have uh, I have I have started school in '71. Missed two years because of the, of the army, and so I missed '73, '74 season. And I was watching the game today, and I was kind of just thinking back: Have I seen a worse performance in pass defense in my life? And so I went back, and, and, and so I'm, I'm online here looking at our records. I don't know if you guys have talked about it, but uh, Warner tied preferred in the most passing yards in the his, in 90 years of ECU football history, 1932. He, he is behind Chris Redmond, Byron, Byron Leftwood, mm-hmm. whole game, and Case Keenum. Uh, he tied Case Keenum preferred in the most yards in the history of wow. ECU football ever given up. I thought Gus Farratt was up there somewhere. He What was he? No, no, no well, I'm, I'm looking at their, our most most recent. Okay. Well, let me let me tell you what uh, Jeff Jeff Charles and I broadcast the game at Louisville when Chris Redman went off on East Carolina. I remember that game very vividly, and I remember that bowl game with Byron Leftwich as well. And I can remember them coming back from a thirty-point halftime deficit to beat East Carolina. And I don't remember even how many overtimes it was, but I I was at most of those games. I always I was I, I didn't have I, honestly I didn't have the guts, but I would go to Pirate Club functions. When Coach Logan would be speaking, and you know how he, he would glare sometimes, and I was afraid to ask the question, but I always asked, wanted to ask him what he said to the team at halftime at that Marshall game. Huh. <laughs> well, I, I, I was I was close to Logan on the sidelines, and I know exactly what he said to David Garrard when when Byron Leftwich and the boys started coming back. Billy loves telling I that love story. That story. You, you've seen the video, haven't you? I've got uh, the video on my on the Twitter page somewhere huh. on the Twitters. Okay. Yeah, David. 
let me tell you something. You take these boys down there and you score. You go down there and score. You're breaking my heart. And then uh, David says, "I'm you're, you're breaking my No, no, no. It's my heart that's breaking. David, it's my heart that's breaking. Now you go on out there and you take these boys down there and you score. And Dave was like, all right. <laughs> Went out there and threw a pick six. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know. I remember that. You know, that, I don't want to get in that game, but I just felt like if we – if we'd get running the ball, we'd have won that ball game. We just kept. Oh, if if they'd have kept running the ball with Leonard Henry, I've had that conversation with Leonard. Wait, are we doing the GMAC Bowl uh, yeah. fifth quarter here? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Give yeah. us your call. Yeah, yeah. But, but but yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway, I just I, I guess after today, I, I, I just wondered are are we are we going forward with the program or are we sliding? Something? We're not going backwards. That's for sure. Well, I know, but I'm not. I don't know if we're going forward. We might be sitting might still be at the moment. <laughs> well, if we if we're just sliding sideways. Yeah. Like if the Pirates don't win the bowl game, I, I think it's it's a push. Definitely. That's why I said earlier they got to win the game. To to make steps forward, I think you got to win a bowl game. Right. And I've been a season ticket holder for like forty years, and I was just as I was sitting there watching that game, I'm like, if we lose this game, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't want to go to a bowl game watching a team that's that's lost three games in a row. I just don't, you know, and 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 the way they looked at Houston, or 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 against Houston in this end of day, I'm like, wow. I just, I give them credit for coming back and winning it, but golly, it just, you know, it's like, wow, what what just happened here? <laughs> yes, sir. Well, uh, thanks for the call, Rick, and for the walk down memory lane. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, man. There is Rick in Burlington. All right, open lines, 317-1250. If you want to jump in, we will take your calls. U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show rolls on on a Saturday night. Back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250. Guess what? Lines are open if you want to jump in. Talk concerts, bodybuilding, or East Carolina's three-point narrow escape victory today over the Owls of Temple. And uh, Billy uh, Paulette saw the Jackson 5 in Dorton Arena in 1960-something. So there you go. That's That's awesome. That's a good one. It's a cool, neat concert. Cool, neat. All right, uh, Drive the Game is brought to you by Brown and Wood. Serving the Pirate Nation in eastern North Carolina since 1937. Brown and Wood, your number one dealership in Greenville. Brown and Wood on Greenville Boulevard, Greenville. Online at brownandwoodalto.com. And uh, got to go with the last drive. Yep. Which actually, and I'll get the specifics on it, but was took up quite a minutes, bit of yards. because only a minute 56 yeah. seconds. And Temple had it near midfield was going to go for it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mike houston calls a timeout the announcers were killing houston and ecu for taking that timeout, as were some of the fans and people watching us at the time because no time was uh it was after an incomplete pass so the clock wasn't running but they called a timeout, and then temple changes its mind decides to punt it away and the pirates are able to take it from there and uh, move it down the field Hit some big plays in the run game, and then the big pass play to uh, Jalen Johnson there with the touchdown, and the drive goes. I think it was a seven plays, eighty 
nine yards? You got the yardage right, Billy. Eight, eight plays, plays, 89 yards, yards in a minute, minute 56. 56 seconds. Yeah. Jalen Johnson, 38-yard pass from Holton Aylers. If you didn't see it, to try to describe it, Aylers rolls out. Looks like he's got a lot of space to run. Yeah. We were hollering, run, run, run. run, run. He throws across his body. We say no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnson comes swooping in, catches it, <laughs> and takes it to the There uh, were three zone. defenders around him. Not anyone really close when the ball was thrown, which is good because he was open. Yeah. But there were three defenders converging on him and i'm thinking but he drops it yeah. in the johnson bucket in and the johnson uh, bucket and he takes it in for a touchdown that is our drive of the game brought to you by brown and wood we'll uh, look at some of these stats now on the ube stat sheet to give you some final numbers on this game east carolina wins at 49 to 46 and it was uh all keaton mitchell for east carolina 27 carries 222 mm. yards three touchdowns Mm. I, I mean, how about and, Deuce with 222 yards? Deuces are wild, as Harry Carey would say. <laughs> he also had two catches for 78 yards and a touchdown. Quick math, that is uh, even Steven 300. 222 plus 78, if my oh, yeah, math is yeah. correct. How about that? 300 yards, four touchdowns, one player. And nobody chose him as their fantasy player today. You get Well, do you know why? Do you remember why I said I wasn't going to take him? Because he got hurt in the last. He got hurt. Who did I take today? You took. Who did you take? Marlon Gunn. And what happened to him? He got he hurt. Got hurt. I will not be picking a player <laughs> next time. I'm going to sit out. You will sit out next week. Luckily, I chose. I did not take Keaton Mitchell today. You're welcome, Pirate fans. Yeah, 400 there yards. Go. There you go. Um, and Marlon Gunn, I know we were mentioning it earlier, but Marlon Gunn was slow to get up, did end up getting up, and then did you say, Billy, earlier that he did not come? He I don't did rem- not. I don't no. remember him coming back. And I game, saw so. uh, somebody responded earlier. Uh, I guess yeah. Chase Edmonds actually went in uh, for Camaro. this to play. Who? Chase Edmonds uh, is the NFL player. Camaro Edmonds. Yeah, sorry. I, I was going to say, yeah. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I really got into the uh, message border mood there. <laughs> so look, uh, I was looking. I was looking for that uh, David Garrard, um, uh, Steve Logan exchange, did you but find I, it? I'm working on it. I'm trying to find it on Twitter. But there's a lot you got to scroll through. There's not an easy way to find. But look what I came across. Is that you? Yeah. Can I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Wait was, a minute. This this was back in 1992, maybe. Were you Petey? That is cool. Were you Petey? So I tried out to be Petey. And you didn't make it. No, I actually did, but then I decided not to because it was so darn hot. So you made the cut. I did, but almost passed out. Oh. Yeah. What a weak Petey. That would have been a cool, neat story. It was. And you know what I, you know, you had to do like a production kind of thing. And it was in Menji's Coliseum and you were kind of out there by yourself. And I did a dance to that, that funny Pirates of Penzance song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So how about that, Billy? Cool. And that my, my girlfriend, Story at, Billy. my girlfriend at the time, took this picture in the in the locker room. <laughs> Petey the pirate, Billy, Billy Weaver. That's old school. Petey Billy right showing now. rooster Off neck. Petey. Billy Weaver, <laughs> rooster neck. Petey. Hold yeah. nailers on the day. Twenty five of thirty seven, three hundred fourteen yards, three touchdowns. For Holt Nailers, Keaton Mitchell had 78 of those yards. Uh, kind of spread around from there. Isaiah. Uh, it's good to see him get a touchdown today. Seven for 63 and a touchdown. CJ, six for 60. 
Jalen Johnson had the big touchdown, two for 44. Josiah Hatfield made his presence felt with a kick return and a couple of catches today. A big third down catch where he caught the ball like two yards past the line of scrimmage and was able to race to pick up a first down. did he finish the game today? I thought I saw a tweet from somebody. It might have been Josh Thomas. If you're listening, Josh, confirm. But I thought I saw where he was going to the locker room at one in the, point. In the third, at the end of the third with, quarter, with, I think no I saw that too. Yeah. So I have no idea about Mar- that. Marlon Gunn, three catches, 19 yards. Shane Calhoun, three catches, 16 yards. One name not on this list, Ryan Jones. I know they tried to get it to him a couple times. They but, did, yeah. Uh, did not have a catch today. Uh, E.J. Warner, 45 of 63. 527 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. Gross. Thought they were going to make a movie like his daddy. That was some mm-hmm. arena football stuff. There. It was, yeah. Jose Barbon. Barbon. 13 catches, 160 yards. Yeesh. Uh, the running back, Sadie, finished with 45 yards and a touchdown. So a lot of the yards coming through, well, all of the yards coming uh, on the air, through the air today for the Owls. I guess it could be on the air. On the air, we're, through we're the, air, the air, in the air. Through the air, in the air. Uh, Robert Around and the air. others have pointed out that Isaiah, uh, we do indeed have a 1,000-yard rusher and receiver. Isaiah and uh, Keaton Mitchell have got it on the year. Um, all right, Uncle Jesse wants to know, hey, uh, big fan uh, of Jesse and the Rippers. Oh, this is the spam guy? I don't, I don't respond. Sorry, I can't ask Billy that question. What were you going to ask me? I can't just, ask just you. for. He's the spam guy. He's uh, he's spam. He's a terrible spammer. Poster. Spammer. Yeah. Clean up your act, and I'll ask your question to Billy. Yeah. All right. We I'm go still to trying s- to find that video. Keep going. <laughs> we'll have it by Sunday. I know, right? Spencer is up in Washington. Hello, Spencer. Hey, Cliff. I just want to say, great win by the parts. You know, appreciate y'all being on this long, but you know, I think we should turn our attention to the basketball game later tonight in Norfolk. And I just got one question for y'all. Is Mike Schwartz the better of the two Mikes? Go Pirates. <laughs> uh, too early to tell at this point. Uh, is Way he too early. Mike versus Mike. We're on the same side here. We don't need to compare. Uh, but, I, I mean, I got to give Mike Schwartz uh, an incomplete at this point. We got to play more games. I tell you what, if they win tonight on the road, first road game, yeah, against a quality opponent. I'm uh, as an underdog, Spencer. If they win tonight, if it's a sliding scale here, I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna start leaning that scale towards Schwartzy, but uh, not quite ready to do that yet. Gonna need to see some more. So, but good question. Uh, Pirates and Monarchs tip it off at seven o'clock on ESPN Plus. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. We'll have more of your calls if you want to jump in. And uh, getting close to the last call for your call. So get in while you can. 317-1250. We're back after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, a quick basketball update. ECU's women's team is participating in the Cavalier Classic in Charlottesville, Virginia. They lead Liberty 53-42 to with uh, 9-18 left to go in the game. The men will be tipping off in just under 30 minutes from now. College football scores 
Uh, Wake Forest is leading uh, Duke 31-27 with just under three minutes left to go in that game. Scores from uh, other games. Uh, Louisville loses to Kentucky 26-13. Alabama routing Auburn 42-24 in the fourth quarter. SMU leads Memphis 34-23. It is Oregon 34, Oregon State 23. Uh, TCU drubbing Iowa State 41-7 in the third quarter. Penn State leads Michigan State 21-3. And that is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by the Buckets, your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates. They're open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night. And during football season, you can join the Buck for Sunday Fun Day with football, food trucks, live music, giveaways, and the largest 4K TV in eastern North Carolina. Follow the Buck on Instagram for updated schedules, and we'll see you at the Buck. Now let's head back in to the fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All right, Josh, Chris, Calzone, everybody relax. We uh, would love to do a basketball watch-along, but <clears throat> rolled in here about 20 till 9 this morning and yeah. about ready to go home. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm ready to go home and watch it myself in my chair. So uh, no uh, basketball watch-along tonight. Do you have a recliner? Uh, sure. I didn't know if you like sat on the couch or like in, in a recliner or something. Yeah. Got Kick, a nice little setup in there? Kick back. I have a chair and a TV. That's all you need. That's all I need. And a cold beer. You got like a nightstand or or some sort of stand beside your chair? Oh, I got a tray. I do too. Yeah. (laughs) Cool, bro. (laughs) Is it like a... um, Hey, give me a fist through the window. (laughs) Yeah, man. Hey, I just want to say I I love your show, man. And uh, I love your show. And hey, Troy. Hey, what's up, Troy? Man, I love y'all's show, man. That's that's crazy, man. I got a, uh, uh, a food tray right beside my... Uh, chair too man my dad used to have one of those with a fat old ashtray beside it oh and, i didn't know yeah. what you were about and, to say and winston fat old and, and my and, dad had a and, fat old ashtray <laughs> and went winston's ashtray. butts and a mill and a cold miller <laughs> high life um, <laughs> the champagne awesome of beers this would be cool if you were a pd billy uh paulette said one of my former students was pd he rolled up next to me during a game and called my name. I lost it. If you were Petey and you like recognized people oh, and I know, they didn't right? know that was you, right, right, right. Like, hey, Mark. How much would that freak you out at a game? How did Petey know my name? <laughs> that is creepy. <laughs> Petey's magic. All right. I did that once. I had a. Um, explain yourself. Yeah, okay. explain yourself, Miss Rhodes. Not Petey, but I actually dressed up as Santa Claus one time. And a, a friend of mine uh, was a general manager at a, a coffee shop, and she asked me. She said, "Hey, we'd like to have like Santa come and take pictures with the kids." And I was like, "Okay, I'll do it." So I dressed up as Santa, and one of uh, my really good friends and his family walked in, and so I walked up to him and you know called him by his name and everything. His kids lost Freaked out. their minds. <laughs> Santa knows me. It was like Santa knows That's, Daddy. It's like Will Ferrell. I, I know him. I know him. Yeah. Santa, I know him. Yeah, and you're, and uh, you're not Santa. And he laughed hysterically. He actually called me later. He was like, "It was the best thing you could have ever done was call me by my name." He's like, "My kids were so good till Christmas." You know what they called uh, Shirley? Dressed up like that. Good old Saint Trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> hey, at least they called me. <laughs> at least they called me. You're not Santa. Smell like beef and cheese. <laughs> Sit on a throne of lies. Sit on a throne of lies. Smell like beef. Smell like beef and cheese. All right. Uh, if you're a real Santa, what did you sing me on my birthday? <laughs> well, happy birthday, of course. Dang it. <laughs> I'm so glad I get those references. <laughs> I All like right. Smile, smiling is my favorite. Last call for your calls. Let's get our final break in. 317-1250. We'll come back. Get ready to wrap it up here on the US Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. We'll enjoy some more Parker's barbecue during the break and get ready to close up shop when we return after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, last call for your calls if you want to jump in. East Carolina closes out the regular season. Same record they did last year, 7-5 and five on the year after a thriller today in Philadelphia. Pirates knocking off the Temple Owls on a late Holden Aylers to Jalen Johnson touchdown. Just a wild play. Aylers across the body. Johnson with the catch and run into the end zone. Billy Weaver, final thoughts on this one. Well, got to go win a bowl game, and uh, depending on where it is, I might have to uh, make a road trip. Will it be winnable? It, it, uh, I think they're all winnable. I agree. Uh, will they win the bowl? That's the big question. I think they got to gotta win it. Got to win it. Got to win it. A that's must a, win must, bowl game. It's must win. It's our first ever must win yes, bowl game. Yes, it's a ECU must win industry. to advance this program forward. Yeah, must all right. win. Well, uh, Shirley Chandler, great work today. Great work all year. We're not done. We got one more left. One more. We got yeah. one more in hey, us. Hey, let's do one more. One more. One more. One more, and let's get the eight wins. Hey, does it feel like the season just went? Just kind of yes, flew by. It does. It seems like yesterday. It takes forever to get game. here, and then it's like blink and it's gone. Thank all y'all for uh, tuning in, commenting, calling, all that uh, you do to support Pirate Radio. We appreciate it. Can't have it without you. Can't have it without our great sponsors, UBE providing the stats. Brown and Wood with our Brown and Wood Drive of the Game, the Orthopedic East Injury Report. Parker's Barbecue with the awesome post game food. We appreciate their support and the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. Da Buck, Da Buck, Da Buck, Da Buck, Da Buck. You going out tonight, Chandler? I think I might head over to AJ's. Check out the. Uh, oh, well, tell Butler, Kraft, and Waddy I said hello. If Some I of my uh, buddies are there. But okay. I'm not going to make it. Yeah, I saw Winston comment on YouTube, but I, I will tell them hello for you if they if I know who they are. All right. I'm about to take I'm going to, to a friend's giving. Oh, yeah. Another one. You eating or drinking or both? Or both. All the above? Definitely you don't go to a right. friend's giving and don't eat and drink, man. You're going to watch Then it's uh, not a friend's giving. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> am I right? Am I right? <laughs> I got you there. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they got ESPN Plus? They do. All right. Pirate Hoops. That's on right. the telly. Watch it. On the telly. All right. We'll see y'all whenever we have a bowl game and the kickoff. Subtract four hours. That's when we'll, where we will be on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. We've great season, buddy. We'll yeah. see you for the postseason. Well, I'm I'm hoping that I'll be here. Okay. But I'm just... I know. I, wanna, I was I just wrapping go, it up. I don't I know. care if I just, you're here or I not. I just want to go to the bowl game, though. <laughs> we'll go. See if I care. <laughs>
<laughs> Billy's already in Ann Arbor in his mind. I'm going. I'm going to that game. We know I already, that. I already put. I already put in my. He put in his like eight month notice. Yeah, at least. whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> we know. We know. I'm going to the big house. That's a bucket list. We'll see y'all uh, when we see you. Thanks for tuning in. So long, everybody. You have been listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Join us next time for complete postgame coverage of East Carolina football exclusively on Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.